God was not going to allow his son's body to stay on the cross so that vultures could pick it apart. God was not going to allow the Romans to come, rip the body down from the cross, and toss it into a mass grave, or worse yet, toss it onto Gehenna in the Jerusalem Valley where they burned up bodies. See, God allowed his son to suffer for our sins, but once it was done, God was not going to allow his, suffer, his son to suffer anymore, and so he laid down his son in a tomb with the rich. He was already starting to honor him. He was already starting to raise him back up. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. Please stand out of respect for the words and the works of Jesus. Our gospel, which we're going to be looking at today in the sermon, comes from Mark chapter 15. And we're finishing up um, a series of, of teachings and lessons here in the passion of Jesus. And we're going to wrap it up by thinking about the burial of Jesus. Here's the story that Mark tells. It was preparation day. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Anybody who wants to take Jesus and his church even the least bit seriously has to take the burial of Jesus very, very, very seriously. Did I emphasize that enough? Anybody, anybody who wants to be a follower of Jesus, anybody who is in the least bit interested in Jesus has to take his burial very, very, very seriously. Did you know that this account, the story of Jesus' burial, it shows up in all four tellings of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? And do you know how rare that is? You don't get that, for example, with the birth of Jesus 
or with Jesus turning water into wine, or with Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, or the story about the wise men, or Christ's temptation, or the story of the prodigal son. You don't. But you get it with Jesus' burial. All four Gospels tell the story. And when Christians said, this is what we are going to live for. This is what we are going to die for. This is the gospel on which we are going to take our stand. Do you know what they said? This is the way they told the story of Christ's life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul said, For I received what I passed on to you. This is the gospel on which we have taken our stand. That Christ died according to the scriptures. That he was buried. And that on the third day he rose from the dead. What are the crucial acts in Christ's life for our salvation? He died and was buried and he has risen from the dead. That's what the church says. We still say it today in our creeds. What do we say? What do we say in the Nicene Creed, for example? I'll tell you what we say. We say this, that he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, suffered death, and was buried. And then what do we say in the Apostles' Creed? What do we say? We say he was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. We don't say that he fed the 5,000. We don't say that he raised Lazarus from the dead. He did, but we don't say it. In those creeds, we say this. He was buried. So if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to be people who take Jesus and his church seriously, then we have got to take Jesus' burial very, very, very seriously. So today what I want to do is I want to make a beginning at this. I want to make a beginning at helping us all think about the meaning of Jesus' burial, why Christians care about it so much. And I'm going to go at it in three ways, and here's the first way I'm going to go at it. Why do Christians care about the burial of Jesus because Christians know the beginning of the Christian story. Let me go at it like this. Do you know that Christians, ever since the world started and people started dying, have had a love affair with telling burial stories? Go back to the patriarchs. Can read Genesis, for example. There's a whole chapter, an entire chapter of the book of Genesis that is dedicated to what? A burial story. Abraham is there with Ephron the Hittite for a plot of burial ground for his beautiful wife, Sarah have always had a love affair with burial stories so that we get the story of how Sarah's body was placed in a tomb. 
Then you get to the end of the book of Genesis. It's such a brilliant end to the book of Genesis. It's a perfect bookend. What, what happens in Genesis? In the beginning of Genesis, God gives people life. At the end of the book of Genesis, what do we see? A burial story. What does it say? Here's the last line of the book of Genesis. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. What do you got here? You got a love story with burial stories. And I haven't even told you about Moses yet. In the book of Exodus, we get this magnificent story of how God busted his people out of slavery in Egypt. And in the telling of the story, you get, you get this story of how God's people, when they're leaving Egypt, what are they all doing? They are taking the jewelry and the, and the fine clothes from the Egyptians. They're plundering them on the way out of Egypt. But you know what Moses did? Did you catch that part? Have you read it in the Bible? What was Moses doing? All the rest of the Israelites, they're taking stuff out of Egypt. What is Moses doing? He is disinterring the bones of Joseph so that he can take them back to the promised land and bury them there. Now, you may not think that's much of anything, but... But Christians always have, actually. I was, I was thinking about this, and I was actually bopped on the head by the Holy Spirit about this about a week ago. I'm reading along in my Bible, reading, minding my own business. I'm in Acts chapter 7, reading Stephen's great speech. And what does Stephen say? It seems like just a little detail in there, but what does he say? We find out there, and I think it's the only part of the Bible that says this, that it wasn't just Joseph that was disinterred, but it was all 12 brothers. Burial stories. Christians have always loved them. Why? Because we know the beginning of the story. We know that our bodies are a gift from God. And that, in a sense, we humans are bodies. I mean, have you ever thought about that before? What is a human being actually? What is a human being? Are we a soul with a body or a body with a soul? Which one is it? We're both. This is me. As much as the thoughts running through my head are me. We are souls with bodies and we are bodies with souls. We're both. That's what it means to be a human. Our bodies are not just this meaningless appendage that we get rid of when we die. They're not, they're not meat jackets that we take off when we die and we're finally our real selves with our souls. We are souls with bodies and we are bodies with souls. And if you don't agree with me yet, then that's because you haven't eaten cheesecake. You don't know how beautiful it is to be a human with a body. And we're going to go straight after this to the Cheesecake Factory, wherever in the world there is one near here. 
So why do we care about the burial of Jesus? Because the maker of us all was himself made. And the creator of us all was was becoming a human in the womb of his mother. And so when he died, his body was not just a piece of trash to burn up like it was nothing. Why do Christians care about Jesus' burial? Because they know the beginning of the story. God made our bodies. They are, in a sense, us. But Christians also care about Jesus' burial because they know the end of the Christian story. Let me go at it like this. There are authoritative ways that we now tell the story of Jesus, the way that we always tell the story. What do we always say? He died. He was buried. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead. And burials right in the middle. And what you find out about burial then is that burial is neither an ending nor a beginning. It's neither the last thing that happens to Jesus so that death has finality, nor is it resurrection itself. It's right in the middle. See, Christians know the end of the story. We know that death doesn't have the final word and that resurrection is inevitable. So we bury what's going to be resurrected. We contrast that, the way that we tell Jesus' story with the way that people often tell the stories of people who have died. You start to see why that matters. You've heard the way that people tell stories about people, and I have too. What do people say? They say stuff like this. Dad was a pretty good guy. Took good care of my mom. Took good care of us kids. It was a little harsh sometimes, but that's because he's Irish. And his dad taught him to be that way because his dad went through the potato famine. Died back in 89. Sudden heart attack, he was 59. That's the way we tell the stories. And what's interesting about it is that people very, very rarely, almost never, do what Christians do, which is tell burial stories. Why do Christians tell this burial story? I went out into my life, I asked mature Christians that question. I said, why do Christians insist on telling the burial story of Jesus? Why do we do this? And do you know what people said? They said... It's so that everybody would know that Jesus really died. That's true, right? Like when you bury something, it's because they're really dead. 
my wife and I were laughing about this earlier this week. Sometimes I, I do this to my wife. I'm thinking hard about something, and I don't give her any context for what I'm thinking about. So I just say to her, I say, I say, Melanie, I want to be buried. She said, I think we should wait till you're dead. <laughs> so right, we, burial means that you're really dead. And that's a part of what's going on here, right? Mark is telling us he's really dead. Jesus is really dead. You only bury somebody who's really dead. And Mark is telling us that, which is why he tells us about how Mary Magdalene was there. So we know that Mary really saw it. Why Mary, the, the mother of Joseph, was really there. So we know, look, these women, they saw this. They saw Christ die. They saw where he was buried. He's really actually dead. But it's also more than that. Why do we bury things? Not just because we value the body that was, but also because we value the body that will be. Why does Fido bury a bone? so he can chew on it later. Why do we bury acorns? So we can have an, ac uh, an oak tree. Why do pirates bury treasure? So they can go and get the treasure. Why does God bury his own dear son? so he can have them back. God was the one that was doing this. See, I need to show you something, a deep theological truth that is also applicable to your hope. God was the one who was doing this. You're sitting there saying to yourself, no, it wasn't. It was Joseph of Arimathea. You just read the story to me. Joseph of Arimathea did this. Of course he did, but it was God working through him. God was the one who was bearing his own son. God did this. We know this because the great prophet Isaiah taught us this. The great prophet Isaiah prophesied that this was going to happen. He said that there was going to be a Messiah, a suffering servant who was going to come and he was going to suffer and die for the transgressions, the sins of all the people. And then... God was going to make sure that that suffering servant would be buried. Listen to what Isaiah says. He says, for the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the rich in his death. What's going on? God allowed his son to be humiliated. God allowed his son to carry every single one of our sins. God allowed his son even to die. But you see, after it was done, God was not going to allow his son to suffer even one moment longer. 
God was not going to allow his son's body to stay on the cross so that vultures could pick it apart. God was not going to allow the Romans to come, rip the body down from the cross, and toss it into a mass grave, or worse yet, toss it onto Gehenna in the Jerusalem Valley where they burned up bodies. See, God allowed his son to suffer for our sins, but once it was done, God was not going to allow his, suffer, his son to suffer anymore, and so he laid down his son in a tomb with the rich. He was already starting to honor him. He was already starting to raise him back up. That's the deep theological truth here that is applicable to your hope. Why does Fido bury a bone? Why do you put an acorn in the ground? Why do pirates bury their treasure? And why did God bury his own son? Because he was already starting to raise him back up. Easter was already starting to come. So why do Christians care about this? Because they know the end of the story. They know that resurrection is inevitable. Third point. Why do Christians care about Jesus' burial? Because they know the middle of the story. Joseph here in this story, I got to tell you, he has my heart. He's got my heart. And I don't know exactly what it is. I, I got some ideas. I think, I think on the one hand, Joseph has my heart because this ending is so poetic. You know, on the front end of Jesus' life, when he's too, when he's unable to protect and care for himself, who does God provide? Joseph. Joseph took care of Jesus when he couldn't take care of himself. On the back end of Jesus' life, when he, when he can't take care of himself, who does God provide? Another Joseph. It's so poetic. It stirs me. But on the other hand, I think about what actually happens here. You know what grabbed me? I'm, I'm reading this story. I'm meditating on this story. I'm just going through it slowly and thinking about how it actually was. And Mark writes this word. It's, it's this word that when you slow down over it, it shakes you. And that's what happens to me. I was reading along in the story and suddenly I'm shaken. Do you know what Mark says? He says, Joseph took down. That's the language. He took down Jesus' body. You have to think about that. There's a whole story in that story. Just in that little word. It shook me. You know how Joseph, he must have taken this, this ladder. He puts up the ladder. You know, and Jesus' head is just hanging there limply. 
And it's his Lord, you know, it's his God. And, it's, and he's right there and he's thinking to himself, I'm not going to allow this body to be desecrated. I'm not going to allow this body to be hurt anymore. And so he's taking a crowbar and he's making sure that Jesus' arms don't get bruised anymore. And then somehow he's got to hold on to the body so the body doesn't flop like a sack of potatoes when he takes down that, 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 that nail out of his, out of his arm. I mean, this was a whole operation. There's a wonderful painting about this. I think the painter's name was Peter Rubin. And the painter imagines how when they're taking down Jesus' body, that somebody's holding up his head, somebody else is making sure that he stays covered so he isn't shamed in front of everybody. Somebody else is holding the body up so that it doesn't go flying when they take down one of the nails. I'm shaken by this. Joseph took down his body. But there's one more thing that, that I want to focus you on right now. And it's one of the reasons why Joseph has my heart, and it's this. Joseph came through for Jesus. Nobody else did. Not in the whole Passion account. Nobody else does. Joseph does. Don't believe the apocryphal stories that have sprung up over the years. They're not in the scriptures. People imagine that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there, that, that John the Apostle was there. We have no record of that, actually. What we have a record of is Judas betraying him and Peter denying him and, and Joseph. Joseph. Joseph alone comes through. He's so brave. That's what Mark says, not me. Mark says that. Mark says that Joseph was bold. I mean, think about how bold this man was. He goes to Pilate and he asks Jesus' body. He is so bold. Think of how bold it is. He's, he's going to Pilate. Pilate wants to leave. Of course he wants to leave the body on, on the cross. That's what you do with seditious criminals. You leave them on the cross. That's why you crucified them in the first place as a deterrent. So everybody would walk by and say, I don't want that to happen to me. Think of how bold he is. He goes to Pilate. He walks into the halls of power. He uses his connections, his influence, his power, his everything to get to Pilate and ask Pilate to undo a little bit of what he's done. He dared to do it. He said, Pilate, can I have his body? I want to leave you with that today. That image. That story. Joseph dared. 
I think it's the perfect start to our Holy Week as we come in and we relive the, the story of Jesus, what he did for us. I think it's perfect. Think about Joseph. To stay in Jesus' burial. I think it's perfect because it's a time for us to reflect on how the death of a loved one changes us. It always changes us, the death of a loved one. I'm not talking about grieving now. Grieving is something else. And I've dealt with that in other sermons and other places. I'm not talking about grieving right now. What I'm talking about is the way that facing the death of a loved one changes us. Sometimes it changes us for the worse. Sometimes the death of a loved one, it, it makes us more scared about life. It, it makes us people like the rest of the disciples who are huddled in a small room. They're not even engaging their life. Or they're not going out anymore. So death can change us for the worse. And, and when it does, we need to repent of that. But see, sometimes death can also change us for the better. Because what it does is it shows that the rest of life is so trivial that none of it matters. Except one thing. Jesus. That's what Joseph got. He stared at the death of Jesus and suddenly he comes out of his shell and he dares. He dares to live. This was a man who was not going to let Jesus' body stay up on a cross and let vultures pick at it. This was a man who was not going to allow Jesus' body to get tossed in some sort of mass grave somewhere. This was a man who dared to live for Jesus. Why? What can get us there? Mark tells you that this was a man who was waiting for the kingdom of God. This was a man who knew that death, neither his nor Jesus, would be the end. That the burial was just the middle. And that resurrection was inevitable. So he dared. That's why I want to stay right there in the burial. Because that's where we're at in our lives. Every baptized Christian is. What do the scriptures say? We were buried with him through baptism. We are buried. So if we're going to be Christians who take Jesus and his church seriously, then we are going to be Christians who take burial very, very, very seriously. We are buried. Like Fido buries a bone. Like pirates bury a treasure. Like we might bury an oak tree. And like God buried his own son. 
Resurrection is next. In the meantime, dare to live. Here's how you might. Joseph used his influence, his power, his money to care for the body of Jesus. There's two ways you can do that too. Where can you use your access to people, your influence, your voice? Where can you do it? Dare to speak about Jesus to the people that you love. They're going to die anyway. Everything else is trivial. You might as well tell them about Jesus and give them life. Dare to speak up for Jesus. And then dare to care about Jesus' body. You already know what it is. It's his church. It's all those who have been baptized into him. Dare to care about his body. Dare to go to the places in the church that are broken and that are dead and that are working. Dare to go to the places in the church that cannot carry themselves, that will not move forward unless you do it. Dare to care for Christ's body, the church. Buried. It's the middle of the story. That's where we are. But Easter's coming. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in the burial of Jesus, we see you. We see how you will not abandon your son to the grave. You will not abandon Jesus to decompose, to be picked apart by vultures, to be dishonored. We see, Father, that you already are starting to honor your own son by making sure that he was lavishly buried in that tomb. Today, through this story, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might dare to live like Joseph did that we might speak up for Jesus and care for Christ's body, the church. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.